This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. ESPN New York tonight, Friday night edition of the show. Good to be with you. Thank you for joining us at 1-800-919-3776. We've got some great stories about your favorite interaction with an athlete. And uh, so I want you guys to hold on. I want to hear from all of them. And once again, I encourage you to uh, tweet some in if you can't get through. One at, uh, at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. But right now I want to talk a little bit of sports, right? For that, we turn to, I, I, I he's going to, he's going to chuckle, but I'm going to embarrass him anyway. We we turn to the pilot of the flight deck, on your, <laughs> available on your Apple podcast. He is Rich Samini, <laughs> who covers the Jets for us on ESPN.com. Hi, Captain Samini. Hello, Larry. Uh, how are you? Thanks for uh, – never been called a pilot before, but I guess it's, <laughs> I guess it's apropos. Absolutely. And once again, the flight deck is the podcast with Rich Samini. If you don't have it, if you don't know about it, check it out. You can get it on Apple Podcasts. And of course, with the free agent situation and period and with the legal tamping period starting Monday, you want to make sure that you check in on the flight deck with Rich Samini. All right, Rich, let's start with uh, the virus first. And how has it affected the Jets? How has it affected the NFL? And what have you heard about, you know, scheduling? Is it going to you know, move the draft back? Is it going to move the schedule with OTAs, rookie minicamp and stuff like that? Yeah, Larry, I think everything is, uh, they're they're examining everything as we go here. Uh, We do know that the spring scouting season, as we know it, has changed dramatically. The NFL announcing today that um, basically cutting down all travel. So team personnel cannot fly to a college campus to interview a player or work out a player. And at the same time, college prospects cannot go to the team facilities to be interviewed. Uh, You've all heard the term top 30 visits. Uh, Each team is allowed to bring 30 players in before the draft to interview them. And uh, it's a really important part of the process. I know when they drafted Sam Darnold a couple of years ago, his top 30 visit to the Jets was a big part of their decision-making process. They just fell in love with him as a person because of the interaction in the building. And so you won't have that that type of relationship with these college prospects anymore. What they can do now is, like a lot of our world, you know, it's video. You know, you can mm-hmm. essentially FaceTime these prospects um, up to three times for each player. And so that's what it's going to have to be. But it's going to change the whole scouting process in the spring uh, because you won't be able to see guys on campus and work them out. And uh, the the teams will have to rely on their fall evaluations, you know, how they played in the games, which when you come and think of it, probably should be the most important part anyway, is how they play in the games. And, you know, they're still saying that the free agency is going to start on Monday. I still think there's maybe a slight chance that it gets pushed back a little bit. But for now, it's all systems go on Monday. All right. So, Rich, there's a number of free agents that uh, the Jets are, are have uh, that and they need. Uh, let's begin, though. Let me get your overall thought. What what do you I mean, they need so much. I don't know where to begin, right. but uh, where do you see the biggest need for, for me? Just going back to uh, Joe Douglas said we've got one veteran offensive lineman under contract in Brian Winters. So obviously. O-line is going to be an issue, Rich, but you and I both know if if they're a really good O-lineman, you don't give them up. They're not usually free agents. 
Yeah, the, the Jets are going to invest uh, significant resources both in free agency and the draft in the offensive line. So I, I, I suspect they'll – I think they'll sign two starting offensive linemen in free agency, uh, Joe Thune, uh from New England. The left guard is high on their list. Uh, of course, he's high on everybody's list, so he's going to cost a fortune. Graham Glasgow, who is a center slash guard from Detroit, is high on the Jets list. I think they'll try to go after him. So I think their goal is to see if they could come out of this with two starters and free agency and then go into the draft. And with the 11th pick in the draft, I think there's a pretty good chance that they'll be able to draft a tackle there as well. So it's going to be major, major resources invested in that position, which just needs anybody who watched the Jets last year knows that position needs an, uh, an overhaul. What? Do, how are they going to evaluate the guys who were there last year? Uh, Brandon Shell, who I thought actually Rich, took a step back. I thought he was better in 2018 than he was in 2019. You had the rookie, Achuma Idoga. How are they? Go- Jonathan Harrison, I guess, is still going to be like the center until they make a decision. Uh, how, how, how are they rated the guys that they had? Brandon Shell is not going to be back. They're not going to try to re-sign him. He's a free agent. Uh, the coaching staff is high on Chuma Adoga. You know, he had some rough moments last year, but uh, they remain high on him. They like his athleticism. He's he, he's penciled in right now as their right tackle. I think they'd like to see him develop further and, and grow with the team. So I think there's a good chance he'll be their starter. And uh, Jonathan Harrison is under contract. He, to me, is a very valuable uh, utility guy. Now, he ended up starting a bunch of games at center last year, but he can play guard. I think in a perfect world, the Jets would probably not want him to be their starting center, but he's a good guy to have because he can fill so many different roles, and I think he, he will be on the team. Rich, and we're talking to Rich Samini, who covers the Jets for us on ESPN.com. This is ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Rich, this is going to be probably the toughest thing for Joe Douglas to decide, and that is Quincy Inunua. Uh We've seen what he can do when he's able to play, when he's healthy, but availability has not been his strong suit the past couple of seasons. Rich, what do they do with, with Q? Yeah, I think this is going to be out of Joe Douglas's hands. I think this is going to be a medical decision. So what happens is, uh, I think, I'm not sure the exact day next week, it may be next Saturday, or Friday, a week from today, they have to make a decision because his salary becomes fully guaranteed on that day. And uh, I want to say it's about 6 or $7 million. And so we all know Quincy's coming back off a serious neck injury, basically missed all of last year. And so they're going to have to make a decision. They said his progress has, has been real good, but he has to get a doctor's clearance before uh, they make a decision. And uh, if they cut him, with a failed physical, then I think there could be some, uh, maybe perhaps a grievance filed by Quincy because he's got a lot of guaranteed uh, money in his contract. I think it's $10 million for injury, guaranteed mm-hmm. for injury. And if they cut him uh, for a failed physical, I think he's going to say he's entitled to that money. So it could get a little bit messy with the legal aspects of it. But I think what ultimately will happen is he will remain on the roster this year and they'll let him heal, and if he's not healed, I think they'll put him on the pup list for the for the entire season. So uh, I don't think he's going to be getting cut next week. That would surprise me a little bit. 
Wow, Rich, you mean the Jets may have possible grievance with injury players? No way. Yeah, who the thunk Jets? Like it hasn't <laughs> happened before. They had a couple of very well-publicized uh, injury grievances last year. And uh, I think, I think, like I said, you never know what's going to happen, but I, I do think they'll keep him on the roster, let him continue to, uh, to rehab. And uh, just there's so many cap ramifications that, that would be too complicated to get into, but I think the best – the prudent course of action would probably be to keep him on the roster. So is Robbie Anderson going to wake up uh, and be happy that he's with Tom Brady or a nightmare that he's still with uh, Sam Darnold? Uh, I don't know. How about that? You know, it's so funny. These guys, like the day before that, when he was on uh, NFL Live, you know, he was gushing about the Jets and I love Sam Darnold. And the next day he's on SportsCenter doing the whole ESPN car wash, which, by the way, is just you know, his agents obviously trying to parade him around to get him mm-hmm. some exposure. And then all of a sudden he's having dreams about Tom Brady. So it sounds so scripted and it's so much posturing going on this type of time of year, not, not only by well, Robbie, but by all players and agents and teams, it's all posturing. Uh, the bottom line is the Jets do want Robbie Anderson back. They're talking to his agent. I think they'd like to get him back for 10 or 11 million a year. I think Robbie is confident that he could fetch more on the open market. So, uh, you know, I'm sure the Jets have a price point that they will be willing to go to. And if the number gets past that point, I think they'll let him go. Uh, Personally, I do not see Robbie as a number one wide receiver. And if he can get 13 or 14 million from a team, then, you know, great for him. I personally would let him go at that point. I don't think he'd be worth that money. Will the Jets, I mean, the, the wide receiving uh, position is so deep in the draft. Rich, do you see them going after free agent, or will they just draft a couple of guys? Well, if they lose Robbie, I, I do think they will go after a veteran wide receiver. There's just not many. and uh, Robbie might be the best guy out there because Amari Cooper, chances are, is going to get tagged. Um, so then I think Robbie would probably be the most attractive guy out there. It's a really weak creative class. I could see them going after a short-term guy like an Emmanuel Sanders, who I think is 30, I want to say he's 32 or 33, but still was really productive for the 49ers last year and has played in the Adam Gase system from back in Denver. So I could see them going after a short-term answer like him and or also maybe a Brashad Perriman who, who really came on at the end of the year for Tampa Bay. And then also going after someone in the draft. You mentioned it is a really, really deep draft for wide receivers. I've had scouts tell me that there could be 20 receivers picked in the first three rounds. So in the second or third round, I could definitely see the Jets going for a wide receiver as well. On the other side of the ball, Rich, what can we expect defensively? Uh, we know they need a pass rusher. I mean, we could we can all say together they haven't had a good pass rusher, blah, 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 blah. So we know they need a pass rusher, and they also need a second, uh, a, a shutdown corner. But, you know, since this is a different regime, I hope they get it right this time. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago I was on Facebook, and I forgot who I was answering, but I answered. I said the Jets haven't had a, 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 an elite edge rusher since John Abraham. And then, John, I'm friends with him on Facebook. He sent me a text message, and he goes, hey, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, it's true. They haven't, you know, and that was 2005. But, you know, in free agency, there just aren't. Yeah, there just aren't any uh, free agents, great free agents around. You saw Matthew Judon from Baltimore get tagged today. That's a guy the Jets have interest in. But I don't think they're going to trade for him now with a tag and trade. 
So I don't think they have a whole lot of interest in Jadavian Clowney. I don't think he'd be worth $20 million a year. Uh, so there just really aren't a lot of great pass rushers out there. It's, it's hard to find them. No one lets them get to market. So you try to you gotta hope you get lucky in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, corners? Yeah, corner and free agency is definitely uh, a hot spot for the Jets. Uh, they're going to be interested in uh, Byron Jones from Dallas and uh, James Bradbury from Carolina. I don't think they'll get uh, Byron Jones. He's going to he's going to reset the cornerback market. He's probably going to get north of fifteen, sixteen million a year, mm-hmm. and I don't know if the Jets would go that high. And I think Bradbury is a possibility for the Jets. You know, he's been a, a solid four year starter for Carolina. Uh, he's put up some decent numbers. Uh, all his coverage metrics and all the analytics really look good on him. The one concern comes from a cover two defense and more of a zone corner, and the Jets really prefer to be a man team. So I'm not. That could be a little bit of a weird fit, but I would definitely expect the Jets to be um, hot and heavy after Bradbury. Two more for you, Rich. Um, could there be a reunited? Could, could a folk hero and the Jets be reunited? I know they need a kicker badly. <laughs> well, they did sign uh, the, the former Dallas kicker at the end of the year, Brett Maher. So mm-hmm. I mean, not that he's not that he's the answer. He went through his own issues. Um, you know, I, I don't know how I, I have totally have not investigated the kicking market right now, mm-hmm. but I've been more focused on the other positions. I'd love to see Nick back. You know, he finished up last year with New England, of course. But I think they'd probably be looking for a younger kicker, and um, you know, there's got to be some answers out there. They uh, last year, obviously, they bobbled the ball oh, on that one. Brutal. You know, I mean, it was just uh, whatever happened to Corey Vedvik? What a disaster <laughs> that was! Remember that? You know, he cost them, cost them the game, the opener. I mean, just it was just a really bad look for the Jets. They couldn't find a kicker, so. You know what's no, we'll scary about that, Rich? That you know, uh, kickers cost them a chance at the postseason, the way the season ended. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, you know, record you never wise, thought they'd end wise. up with seven wins, but they did, and, and they just were just going through. It just seems like it was musical kickers there for a while, and the Vedrick was a disaster, and they just, yeah, I mean, it was just a poor planning. And, you know, can't blame Mike McCagnin all about that. You know, you could blame him for losing uh, Myers to Seattle. But after that, Joe Douglas came in, and he was the one who signed Bedrick. And, yeah. you know, that's on Joe Douglas. So just from both GMs, uh, just a poor job. Rich, last thing, what do we need to see from Adam Gates this season? I mean, he came under a lot of criticism. Uh, obviously, it's the first year. It's, it's everybody's first time getting and understanding his offense. But it just seemed as though that after Sam Darnold went in and really paraphrasing it, simplified it, they seemed to be more successful. What do we What are we looking for from him this season? Well, it, it can't get any worse offensively. <laughs> I mean, they finished. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but uh, you know, they finished 32nd in total offense. And I looked that up. That was only the third time in the last 49 years that the Jets finished last in offense. And so that's taking into account a lot of bad offense. So that stat in itself is pretty revealing. You know, Adam's got to do a better job with the personnel he's got. Uh, You know, they did have a lot of injuries on the offensive line, but I think he's got to do a better job of utilizing Le'Veon Bell this year. Uh, Darnold, you know, made marginal improvement last year. You wanted to see more. Uh, the mono was just something that came out of the blue, so you don't expect something like that. So Adam just has to be a, a better offensive coach, and I think 
as a head coach, probably better with player relations. You know, you saw some instances last year with uh, Kaleche Osemele and Quincy Anunwa speaking out. Uh, you saw Jamal Adams speaking out around the trade deadline. I think Adam has to do a better job of cultivating relationships with the players. And, uh, and he, you know, he says he can do that. You know, everybody knows everybody. You know, they've had a year under their belt. So we'll see. Time will tell. He does a phenomenal job. He's been doing it for quite a while. We won't keep running the numbers down, Rich. But you've been doing it for right. quite a while. He's been covering the Jets. He does it for ESPN.com and also the Flight Deck, available on Apple Podcasts. He is Rich Samini. Rich, thanks for a couple of minutes. And uh, get ready for the for the free agency because you're the only sport that's going. <laughs> I know. We're the only show in town. It, se- it seems a little uh, trivial to be focusing on sports at a time like yeah. this, but – I know some fans just from reading on Twitter. I guess it does provide a you know a diversion from what's happening. But uh, yeah, it'll start getting crazy on Monday. That's for sure. We need the distraction, Rich. Thanks for a couple of minutes, my friend. You bet, Larry. Take care. All right, Rich Samini. This is ESPN New York tonight.